Man, the Steph Curry and CP3 rivalry has finally ended. Kristaps Porzingis is traded, then not traded, then traded again. And Victor Wimbenyama is another number one big man in San Antonio. I'm Rosa Panther, this is a clinic all NBA podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Feeling good, feeling great. How about you? Of course, I'm feeling good. John, how you living, my friend? Oh, I'm doing good. I hope you're doing well. Let's get it. Let's get it. And of course, Sammy, how you living, my friend? I'm good, man. Navigating these non-basketball waters, but I'm living all right. <laughs> there, it's kind of like non-basketball waters, but there's a lot of things to talk about. First off, we have to talk about what Golden State just did. They sent Jordan Poole, a top 20 protected 20. 20 or sorry 2030 first round pick a 27 second round pick to washington for chris paul and this is after jordan Poole just sent or just signed that contract four years 140 million extension before last season and the low hanging hanging fruit is to talk about chris paul but right now i want to talk about jordan Poole and going to the washington wizards does anyone think that this was a good change for Jordan Poole? Bruh. Yes. No? <laughs> oh, Maybe. good start. Good start, everyone. Uh, definitely. <laughs> it, it definitely is a good change for him. Clearly, he was just not the same after Draymond's punch heard around the internet to start the year, and it just felt like they... That team was never right, and if you're gonna, if the team is gonna choose sides, which subconsciously or not they are, they're more than likely gonna side with Draymond, right? So, that being said, I think he needed to go to a place where there's no pressure. No one's gonna be watching him, watching him, because no one watches Washington. So he will have the chance to shoot 30 shots a night. No one will care. He's all people will see is that he's averaging 28 points a game and not caring that he's shooting 40% to do it because. He's going to be able to run the offense and do what he wants, depending on if Tyus Jones stays there or not. So, in terms of winning, was it a good change for him? Definitely not. But for his career, with what happened last year, I think this will be a breath of fresh air for him, where no one will care about the fact that he makes $35 million a year, because that would have kept coming up in Golden State. So, to, to JJ and John, I want to ask, was this the only way it was going to work out for Jordan Poole? Like, just thinking about, like, Golden State, like, was there basically no way of repairing this relationship between these two? Because when they were playing together, I mean, it it looked pretty good. They ended up winning a championship off of that. So what, what, do, you, what oh. do you two think? It's hard to establish if it was a good fit because moving forward, we haven't seen a good, I would say repetition of what was happening with Jordan Poole in terms of his performance. We saw a pretty great rise two years ago when he ended the the year on high note and then they won the championship. But other than that, we saw last year his poor decision making. We saw that he was different, um, low IQ, turnovers, and just bad shot selection. So just to like reiterate what Sammy was saying, 
This was probably the best move for Jordan Poole because now he's not going to be pouting about sitting on the bench as the sixth man. Because remember, Jun, Steph Curry had to give a motivational speech for the first round. The first round, man. You shouldn't even have to talk about, hey, if you don't want to come on this bus to play, then don't come. We're all about winning. Uh, be selfless. And for the first round, and everyone knew that, that those were shots at Kaminga and Jordan Poole. I mean, you just gotta put yourself in a new situation. And let's just be honest here. John, someone punched you in the face and they were your teammate. Could you have a work relationship? Can you have a friendship? It's, it's, I, I, I'm just gonna say no, man. It, it, it depends who punched me. Was it you or was it June <laughs> or Sammy? Because that makes the world a difference. You, you. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. No, but to be serious, no, I don't think so. I think it, that's that's crossing the line and then some. And so I don't think you can repair something like that. Even if you tried, subconsciously, it's always going to be in the back of your mind, right? So I think that they have to play separately on different teams. Now, back to your question, Ro, about Jordan Poole. I think this is the absolute best situation for him. And I think for a number of reasons, like you guys already stated, is he has free reign to do whatever he wants. And he can turn the ball over without probably without repercussions. I mean, the Wizards got rid of Beal. They might not keep Kuzma. So they're clearly going to be in a rebuilding mode. And Poole is going to be able to jack up threes, take horrible shots, turn the ball over, look like he's <laughs> dribbling for the whole Harlem Globetrotters, like D-League team. All of that is going to be something that Poole is going to be able to do without getting a short leash, getting hooked on the bench. And so for me, for, from Jordan Poole's perspective, yes, this is the absolute best situation for him. And, I, and he's going to get paid. That's probably the most important thing to him, right? So win-win for Jordan Poole. Yeah, and this but. roster looks absolutely disgusting. Like, <laughs> yes. like Jordan Poole, Joel. Tyus Jones, Monty Morris, Shamit, Gallinari. Like, this, this is not a team that is going to win a lot of games. So Jordan Poole, like you said, he's going to be able to cook as much as he wants. It just won't resort, result in any wins. Right. But let's talk about the other side of the coin here. Let's talk about Chris Paul. Chris Paul and Steph Curry having like this heated rivalry within the past few years. Now Chris Paul joins the Golden State Warriors. No! It kind of begs the question, does Chris Paul, being an undersized guard, does does he fit this team? Fit this the mold of what Golden State likes to do? Because a lot of people think no. And I want to know what do you guys think? Well, that right there is what JJ thinks. Um, I will tell you. He has control of that soundboard. Uh, yeah, as man. soon as this trade was made, before I get into what I think of it, the first thought that came to my head is that one meme of Chris Paul when he's on the Rockets, walking away when Kerr is joking and changing his look and then seeing that exact same look on JJ's face where Steve Kerr is played by Mike Dunleavy. <laughs> like, this is the first trade I'm making. <laughs> oh, no. The fault in my head, but I actually think this is a fit. And the reason I say that is because I know it's not the type of offense Chris Paul's ever run. He's used to, used to being ball dominant and controlling the flow of play. 
But more than anything else, what I think we've learned with Golden State the last few years, especially as the main three have aged a little bit, is veterans fit in and figure it out faster than the kids do. I mean, Kaminga hasn't quite gotten there. Wiseman never did. Cole now did for one year, and then it didn't work after. It just feels like if you're going to take advantage of Steph, you need older players that can figure their roles out fast or adapt quickly. And I think Chris Paul is, for his faults, is one of the smartest players we've ever seen. So he'll be able to fit in and figure it out. And I, I genuinely believe that they would not have made this deal unless Steve Kerr already had an exact idea in mind of how he was going to play them together. I'm fascinated to see it. I legitimately wonder, does that consist of giving him 20 to 25 minutes off the bench? Like, I, I don't necessarily know if that means they're starting him. Maybe they play him in the Jordan Poole role, but let him really facilitate the offense when any of those guys is out. So I'm, I'm really curious to see it, but I do think there's a fit there just defensively if you're trying to play these guys together at the end of the game now you obviously have a size issue so that's what you got to figure out <laughs> sorry i'm not i'm not laughing at what you said sammy i'm laughing because ro is smiling over here and i don't know what he's smiling about but i have an idea dude rj rj just played this clip where it showed chris paul shimmying right in front of like mm -hmm. steph curry's face so i had i had to smile at that <laughs> okay <laughs> like so I'm, I'm so excited for these two to play together because it's going to be so really entertaining uh, so i'm going to preface this by saying i don't think there's anything i could say right to make jj believe that this is anything else but a horrible terrible disastrous fit <laughs> oh no but i'm gonna no, oh no but i'm certainly gonna try because what I'm about to say may shock you. I actually think this is a good fit, like Sammy said. And the reason I say that is more, less about Chris Paul and more about the players that the Golden State Warriors have. And Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, I know Klay had a rough year. I know he did not play well down the stretch here in the playoffs. But when you have guys like Curry and Klay who can shoot off the dribble, but also shoot off the catch, that you have a guy like Chris Paul who is the ultimate distributor, who's gonna be able to get them the ball when they need it, in the right positions, in a fast break, when he's able, and when he's he's just a facilitator. He's a savant when it comes to distributing the ball. And when you have weapons like the Golden State Warriors have, I think it's going to be a fit. Now, with that said, proceed with caution because Chris Paul is 38 years old. He does get injured frequently. He is the point guard version of Anthony Davis maybe worse and so to me that is the biggest concern right and i think more than anything this trade was about getting rid of jordan Poole. and i don't know if you guys agree with it but i feel like there were no buyers for jordan Poole, and so they had to take back an asset that at the very most something that they could utilize but i don't think they were jumping over the moon over this trade so I'll say that. JJ, I hope they give you a little bit of hope. Probably not, but, you know, <laughs> I'm here to talk if you need to, to vent or if you, need to, if you need a shoulder to cry on. I'm here, man. I'm here for you. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, Jun, Chris Paul, what does this do to the Warriors? The Warriors got older, they got slower, and their availability is lessened with Chris Paul because obviously it gets hurt as John just stated. And like what Samuel was just saying as well, the playing style, totally different. The Warriors play in organized chaos. 
Okay. Where Chris Paul, he's known for what, fellas? What does he do with the Flopping. front five? <laughs> oh, that, that's not where were you going? He does the pick and roll, right? <laughs> right. So, point being, uh, can it work? It might work because during the playoffs, the Warriors always shifted back to pick and roll, as seen with Steph Curry against the Celtics in last year's championship. What I'll say is that with Chris Paul, it's an upgrade from Jordan Poole just because what we've seen Jordan Poole do with the plus minus stat. In that Lakers series, as soon as Jordan Poole went in, did the Warriors often lose the lead? Yeah. Almost every single time, man. And I remember crying in the shower so no one would see me. <laughs> Thinking about Jordan Poole. <laughs> the dude didn't even score once the last two games. In crying fact, in the shower. Had, yeah. He had more turnovers than field goals made, John. Crying in the shower. Yes, like arrested, my de- arrested development, baby. Let's yes, go. Yeah. Um, so, am I hopeful? I think I'm hopeful. Um, I know Sammy said that he liked the move as well for cap flexibility for next year. Um, I know John is happy because we have Chris Paul now. And he knows how much <laughs> Warrior fans have hated him. No. no, no, I don't. Listen, look, look, I don't... I don't relish in people's misery, yeah. but I, I will say that I think it would be funny if somehow, somehow, by some miracle, the Warriors win the title and Chris Paul is a champion for the first time and JJ has to cheer. Either cheer or, I don't know, like... Especially when they hand him the trophy first, because <laughs> they would. Cheer, reluctantly cheer, like semi-cheer. Like, you know when you give a half hug to somebody? It would kind of be like that. Like, I kind of like you, but I don't really like you that much. Yeah. But it's so, like you said, too, the big part, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but no, the, you're good, you're good. they also just, for the cost of a protected top 20 pick, they just shaved $100 million off of future commitments. And with the second apron and this new CBA, that can't be understated. That's a big deal here. So I actually right. thought it was going to cost them more to unload his contract because once the CBA came out, it was kind of out there that they were going to either have to let Draymond walk or trade pool. It had to be one or the other. They weren't going to keep both because of future commitments. So the fact that they got away with a top 20 pick in 2030 and a 27 second, the, uh, that's the other reason I actually think this deal is really good for Golden State. And that part's been discussed, but not enough. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a really big deal. It's just that Jordan Poole, I think the hope was is that it was going to extend the window, the championship window, just because he's younger, is supposed to be more productive than what Chris Paul is today. But the like to be matter of fact, like Jordan Poole just did not fit anymore. The chemistry was awful. We've all seen clips of like Jordan Poole like walking towards Draymond Green, Draymond trying to like give him some advice and Dray and Jordan Poole just like pushes him away. Like I think that rep- that relationship was just irreparable you know and the thing that i'd like about chris paul though on this team is that the young guys like moses moses moody and jonathan kaminga i think they get a boost here coming off of the bench i think being able to play alongside of chris paul who wants to distribute more get other people involved more i think they get a boost so 
if they start to take off, I think the fit for this team can be, I mean, pretty good. I just don't see a lot of lineups where Chris Paul and Steph Curry can be on the floor at the same time. Like, it's going to be kind of weird. And it's going to be super undersized. So I guess we'll just sort of have to wait and see with what happens with this Chris Paul trade and this Chris Paul fit. I'm going to move us on to another trade that happened. The Celtics <laughs> traded for Kristaps Porzingis. And in this trade, the Grizzlies received Marcus Smart. And this was after... Kristaps was traded and the Clippers were involved. They're no longer involved. Sorry, Sammy. Now, looking at the Celtics with Kristaps Porzingis, do you guys think that they are ready now to take the next step and this is now, like, their team like, for the next season's championship? Like, are we are we there? Do we like the fit? <laughs> I think... For the Celtics, they needed to do a change without giving up Brown and Tatum. And this was the move. Obviously, you, you're missing a former defensive player of the year. But Porzingis, he made some strides in defense. And this was his best defensive season. So it'll be really interesting where they put him within the lineup. Is he going to play with uh, Williams? Is he going to play the four, um, the five? And um, how, will he, how well will he perform with Tatum and Brown? Um, and I, I, I am hopeful that the Celtics could be a title contender once again with Porzingis. But um, Mark is smart, man. Um, the Celtics fans, I know that they're feeling it right now because they don't have a dude that was diehard Celtic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, the first of all, and the most important part of this trade by far is that for two glorious hours, Marcus Morris was not a clipper. And then that was taken away from me. <laughs> so I didn't appreciate that uh, to begin with. Yeah. Hopefully we'll figure that one out later in the offseason, but I'll be honest, I don't like this trade for the Celtics or the Grizzlies. Necessarily. Ooh. Okay. I don't mind Perzingis, but we know that he has a very significant injury track history. Mm-hmm. So if he stays healthy, I could see it working. I do like the two seconds they got out of it, or the two first round picks. I, I did like that part of it. I felt like Smart... It was one thing when Brogdon was in the trade and you're getting Porzingis for Brogdon. That that was interchangeable parts to me. In terms of Brogdon was there for all of one year. We know he has an injury history too and somehow they parlayed him into the big they need that could score because they don't have that right now. They have Horford sitting outside and he's been great but he's not. He's a very different kind of player and Robert Williams of course is more defensive. But trading smart in a return like this, it just, it kind of shocked me. And it almost seemed a little reactionary, and I know they got the picks, but that part surprised me. Now, for the Grizzlies, the reason I don't like this deal is because for all the things that smart is at his peak, he's not really a distributor. I know the assist numbers are kind of there, but that's not his game. You already have Jaw for 25 games. We don't know if he's actually going to come back and play the rest of the year, because he also has a little bit of, he goes on and off the court with minor injuries all the time, too. 
and the Grizzlies have been wildly successful in ever Tyus Jones played. So I've heard rumblings that apparently he was ready to leave and it just wasn't publicized. If that's the case, then they can't do anything about it. But now it just feels like there's a big hole for a distributor there. And I'm curious to see if Smart can fill that role or if they're going to try to shift it to Bain or what they're going to do. For the Wizards, I don't mind it because Jones has a one-year commitment left. I would have liked to have seen him get some draft capital out of it, but to me, that's the part of this trade. I might end up eating Crow. Smart might be great for the Grizzlies. The Celtics could make the finals. That could be the matchup. But just on paper, it felt like a little bit of a reach for both of those teams to me, given the parts involved. Yes, I agree with the sentiment is... I agree with Sammy, which I know is a shock to some people, but I think it's average to below average for the Celtics. Porzingis always hurt. Like Sammy said, I do like the picks. The Wizards, that's just, I'm going to say N.A. incomplete because nobody cares about the Wizards. They're probably going to suck really bad. <laughs> yep. Tyus Jones is not going to be make a difference. Grizzlies receiving Marcus Smart. He can't shoot, but he can do everything else well. I mean, he, or he can't distribute and he can't really shoot that well. But he can do everything else well. But Sammy's right. They need a distributor. And so we'll see how that plays out. But I will say this, and this is the most important thing I'll say about this topic. I'm almost certain that the Celtics are never going to win another title, at least in our lifetime. And the reason why I say that is because I just watched Paul Pierce's live stream with Kevin Garnett. I know that happened a few weeks ago. But the basketball gods are definitely never going to let the Celtics win after watching that, that video. I don't know if you, if you haven't seen it, but Paul, Paul Pierce is acting a fool over here, right? He, is, he has doomed the Celtics for eternity. I don't care what anybody says. I think you might be right, John. I don't know how the Celtics come back from that, but I'm, I'm in agreement with you guys mostly. I like that Marcus Smart went to the Grizzlies just because if he's going to go to any team, I think he fits that mold. I think he fits that theme of that city, you know, the grindhouse. And then the Celtics get bigger with Kristaps Porzingis. And if he could just be healthy for the playoffs, they are going to be a team to be reckoned with. But I'm going to take a short little break with a word from our sponsor. Are you tired of constantly losing your bets on unfair gambling apps? Our sponsor, Parlay Play, has the best lines to increase your chances of winning it big. Not only does it have great lines, it's also an awesome app with a community feel. Use code CLINICALLNBA for a deposit match of up to $100 and a free $5 game on the house. They also have a new feature called Slide the Line where users can raise or lower a line of their choosing. Pause the pod, get on your phone, and download the app now. Oh. Boys, the NBA draft happened. We have to discuss what happened there. We won't get too deep into it, but we'll talk about at least the first three picks here. Number one, of course, is Victor Wembenyama. We don't have much to say about that. It was the obvious first choice, but things get interesting here with number two with the Hornets. The selection is Brandon Miller. They took Brandon Miller over Scoot Henderson, where the Hornets mascot looked absolutely in shambles that they missed out on Scoot Henderson. Do you guys think that was the right choice for the Hornets? Or do you think they were worried about fit too much here because they're worried about LaMelo Ball and how another guard would fit with them? What do you guys think? It depends on what your philosophy is. And I'm curious to hear your guys because it's always the debate between 
do you draft? Is it positional drafting or is it BPA, best player available? And I'm curious. I would love to hear your answers. For me, if you're drafting in the top three, unless it's one of those scenarios like uh, Orlando getting Penny when they had, remember if they only had one ball or whatever it was in the lottery, if you're picking up there because you have one of the worst records, then fit to me shouldn't matter. You just got to take the best player available because your team is bad. So that being said, that's how I look at it personally. JJ, do do you guys agree? Yeah, I would always say you have to go with the best player if you're high up in the draft. I think everyone's tripping about the Brandon Miller pick is because the draft uh, experts, the boards, the analysts didn't have him as the second pick. And to add insult to injury, you had Michael Jordan with that okay, with that (laughs) approval. And his uh, record for being the Hornets, Bobcats, GM is... I don't even know what the word what's what's the adjective what's worse than terrible because whatever that word is that's what Michael Jordan has been yeah he has not made great picks yeah. when you make the the mascot cry that's that's a telling sign fellas bro what do you think EPA, I, I think you take the best available. player available. I mean, yeah. you're you're the Hornets, man. You're not you're not looking for fit. You're looking for the best pieces that you could get, and hopefully you could turn those pieces at least into assets, right? I agree. Like, what if what if Brandon Miller doesn't work out? I mean, he could work out. He could be he great. Could. He could. Could this could happen? It, but it could. I mean, Scoot Henderson. He looks. Yeah, he's, he looks he could pretty be, dang good and pretty like, dang ready to enter the league. So I don't be know. Like D Rose Light over here, but okay. Well, I'll say this about Brandon Miller, right? I mean, he's had highlights. He put up forty-one and forty plus in a few games. He looks like a solid piece, but again, he's six-nine, and I think that the Hornets, because like you said, they have Lamelo Ball, they didn't want to draft another guard in Scoot Henderson. But to me, the most egregious thing is the reason why they should have never drafted Brandon Miller is because of the quote, what he said about his goat. <laughs> this, to me, is mm-hmm. like, you should be drafted outside the top 10. I don't care. Like, go, will, go ahead and read it, John. I will read the quote. It's so obscene, and that's the only adjective I can think of, that I have, I'm like struggling to read it, but I'll read it. <laughs> I read can quote. It. <laughs> no, I'll read it. <laughs> Because I don't want to give you the pleasure, the satisfaction, Sammy. So this is what he said, Brandon Miller, and I quote, I actually don't think LeBron is the GOAT. And for anybody that doesn't know, that's the acronym for greatest of all time. I don't think he's, I don't think LeBron is actually the GOAT of basketball. My GOAT of basketball, and I'm pausing here for a reason, is Paul George. (laughs) Yes, that, that Paul George. The side of the backboard, Paul George, in the, in the in the 2020 playoffs. That, Paul George, is Brandon Miller's goat. I Maybe digress. He was trying to fall to the Clippers. Can we discuss I this did. quote here? <laughs> how how did this happen? How did how did the basketball gods fail this man? Or do you guys or do you guys like this? Is there an angle here? You know what's hilarious is that. His goat is Paul George, but Michael Jordan still drafted him. That's poetic. That's poetic. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Like, 
You know, it's funny to me because you, you, if you don't say LeBron, right, you either say like Jordan. But I've heard, I've heard other people say, my goat is Steph Curry or my goat is Kobe, Kobe. Bryant or Tim Duncan, whatever. But Paul George is there's definitely <laughs> levels, steps that you have to take. Maybe stratospheres of differences here between yeah. those types of players. So to me, it just it's unfathomable. I'll say that. Let, I mean, like. Let's maybe he's trolling. Maybe he's trolling. We, we have to have the Clipper fans like take on this. Are you are you supporting Brandon Miller here? Sammy wishes the Clippers draft. This is the Miller. most ridiculous quote <laughs> I might have ever heard, and I say that as the Clipper fan. <laughs> but just for the talking points, for Stephen A, for John, I'm so glad he said it. It's hysterical, but it's it's absolutely ridiculous. And I maybe he was trying to fall to the Clippers, but. Come on, man. It's crazy. Well, the the next pick, let's talk about the next pick here. Because the Trailblazers, they had to draft Scoot Henderson, right? Mm-hmm. And they have Damian Lillard on the team. And Damian Lillard has been very public about wanting to compete for a championship. So there's mixed reports on what Damian Lillard wanted the Blazers to do before the draft, which was like trade the number three pick or maybe not take trade the number three pick. I'm not sure. And then today... Today, apparently, he had a meeting with the Blazers GM, Joe Cronin, to talk about the direction of the team and just sort of the rumors circulating Damian Lillard being on the trade block. And the conclusion of this meeting is apparently they're still committed to putting a championship team around Damian Lillard. So on a BS meter... Of 1 to 10, 10 being the biggest pile of dookie you've ever heard. <laughs> what would you guys rate this report? Jackson, what do you guys think? Hmm. You know, with it being Damian Lillard and just his loyalty over the years, I think there's a lot of validity to this report about him still trying to make it work. But I also do think that he's kind of on his last leg, one of his last legs. His patience is definitely wearing thin, I would say. So I'm gonna say some, I'm gonna say it's a little bit higher. I'm sorry, lower on the BS meter than you would think, but I'm still gonna say it's pretty significant. So I'm gonna go with seven. Six, six, I'm gonna go with six. Six, okay. Yeah. From which perspective are we calling the BS meter, the actual report itself, or the perspective of the people involved? Let me ask you that to begin with. Um, I'm going to go with people involved. Uh-huh. From the people involved, I'll go up to a 7 or 8, because logically this team is not going to win with Lillard there barring a miracle. So within the scope of this conversation, really quick fire question. If you were going to put the best two people possible around Dame to make them a title contender, it doesn't have to be specific players, styles, whatever you want to call it. What are what are we putting around him? What would you Jer- argue for? Jeremy Grant and Draymond Green. <laughs> we'll, talk we'll talk wait, about wait, that. Wait, wait, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, I, sorry. No, no. This that was my dream. Him. That was that was my dream scenario. But Dame's maybe too. I'm just, yeah, I just think Dame is one of the best of all time. But go ahead, I digress. But no, honest question. Like, if you were gonna pick two types of players or two exact players in your head that would be reasonably attainable, so not talking about like LeBron and Curry, but 
who who would that be? It would be trading Dame to Miami. No, no, keeping Dame there to build around Portland, like they keep saying they want to do. Somehow get a Jimmy Butler and somehow get a Bam Adebayo. Okay, so that's, basically that's the way that that works. So basically, a prime two-way player, and yes. then a, a defensive center, but one that is also relatively effective on offense. Yeah, the and, reason and a defensive bring... center that could like switch on to like, like anywhere between four and three. Okay. So the reason I asked that question, the reason I wanted to get the perspective here is, is there any realistic environment where they can actually pull those two moves off? Not for Butler and Bam specifically, but for players like them, where you see them being able to do that. Because no. I don't. So this is an honest question to all of you. Outside of trading Scoot, maybe you get one of those players. Agreed. Either of you, John, yeah. Jay, do you yeah, see any way they no, can do it? No, I, mean, I don't think you'd have, you'd have yeah, to give up a lot of draft capital, and I don't even know if they have that. Okay. Yeah, it would have to be Scoot Henderson and a couple more picks. Yeah, so I, I imagine maybe you can get like a. Like, there were rumors that supposedly they were interested in Paul George, funny enough, the GOAT, uh, for, <laughs> for Scoot earlier. Um, but that's, the, I just can't see it. They have so many contractual commitments. Yeah. Grants due 25 to 30 a year. Nurkic's contract might actually be one of the worst in the league. It's not talked about that much. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to get somebody that's like kind of, they're, they've been rumored to be on their way out. They're not happy in the situation. Right. And you can get them for less than what they Like a perfect storm, normal. right? Like Miles, like Miles Turner, for example. Okay. Right. Would be one piece maybe. Okay. So yeah, that's, that's why when I asked wrote this question like what perspective are we looking at? that's why i have it nate i do not see a per a move or set of moves barring a pal gasol kwame brown trade where they can bring in what they need oh well, man J well, well. yeah jj what do you think i was gonna say 10. <laughs> there you go that this is straight up <laughs> bs the portland Bla the portland blazers like i don't want to trash or put them in the trash again, but they're trying to do what Golden State has been trying to do the past, what, three years with the two timelines. Where you have Dame, and now you just had the third pick with Simons. If I was the Blazers and Cronin, trade Dame and build around your number three pick in Scoot. Because you're gonna have an old asset that's not gonna. You're risking that the value that value of Dame to go down. Trade him while you can, and let's be honest. In what two or three years, you're going to be be paying a player over 35, over 50 million. And that last year, the Blazers. Guess what? They're going to be paying him 60 mil. That is crazy. Yeah, I, uh -huh. I don't know what the Blazers should do, but I definitely don't think it's it's this. <laughs> I don't think it's trying to build a championship team around Damian Lillard. I think the best choice, like JJ was saying, is to trade Dame. But it's just sort of like sad it just is. to think about Dame Lillard because, I mean, it's not sad that he's making a bunch of money, but it's sad that he's making so much money, it makes him almost untradeable. Like, there's nowhere for him to go, really. You know? So I don't know what 
what sort of deal needs to happen because wherever he goes he said it like on ig live before it might have been the time he was playing miami in the background but he talked about how if i go to another team they have to trade so much i'm gonna be in the same exact position i was in portland so why would i do that and he's right funny you mentioned that because i did have one interesting trade that i could throw out there at you if you guys want to quickly hear it throw it so there's a team out there with a lot of centers that could use a point guard so carl anthony towns plus cap filler maybe some pick swaps for dame works you really hate dame huh you want him to go to minnesota Is With there Ant? a better situation he would land in that has someone to get him? If you oh, put man. him next to Anthony Edwards, you can still start Gobert. They just re-signed Nas Reed. And they still have, I think, Jaden McDaniel. Mm. Or uh, is it Jaden McDaniels? Yeah, Jaden McDaniels yeah. defensively. The fit yeah. actually makes sense. I think that and, might be the only realistic trade. And I will freely say in advance that this was an yeah. idea I believe I heard on the low post. So shout out to Zach Lowe. I don't want to completely steal his shout idea. Shout out Zach yeah um but i heard it there and i was like you know what that's a spot i never thought of that actually makes sense that does make sense though dang it and does. then you have like scoot and and cat and, and i mean together. i'm not the biggest cat fan but okay yeah it actually gives you some that. young athletic pieces someone that can score the ball down low like i i actually could see it and cat's still pretty young i mean i know it feels like he's been in the league for 20 years now but he's not that old Okay, this will be the last topic here. We have to talk about Dame's dream scenario. <laughs> and my guy, you got to dream bigger. <laughs> but his, his dream scenario here is that he wants to re-sign Jeremy Grant. Okay, I, I, see, I see that. Jeremy Grant had a pretty productive year last year. But then he wants to sign Draymond Green. And thinking about the team, the way it's constructed now with Jeremy Grant and you insert Draymond Green, probably next to Yusuf Nurkic, right? Where does that team place in the West to you guys? Where would it place? Because right now we have what? The Nuggets? The Nuggets are probably number one, right? We got to give respect to the champions. The Suns probably number two just because they're so top heavy. They have all these things, all these um, star athletes. Would the Trailblazers be a sneaky number three or number four? That's the I way Dame sees it, right? I That's the way know. he has to see this. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you, JJ. You stole the words right out of my mouth. Shout out, Chris Tucker. So, so we're going Warriors? I, I don't know where they would land in the standings, but I will say if this is Dame's dream, I would hate to see what his nightmares look like because this is... <laughs> he's, he's living it. He's living he's it right living. now. <laughs> Yo, like... Talk, like you said, man, aim higher, man. This is... That's, that's selling yourself a little short. And maybe he's just confident in his abilities, but ultimately, like, I don't... Does anybody... Is anybody scared of those that, that big three? And I'm saying big in a very loosely... In a loose manner here. Does that... Like... Is anybody intimidated by that that core three players of Jeremy Grant, Draymond Green, and Damian Lillard? I could see them maybe being the fifth or sixth seed. Hell no! And that's probably the best case scenario. 
I got him somewhere between eight and twelve. I'm just gonna be. Eight and twelve. <laughs> I'm gonna okay. be honest with you. So you I have like the like Warriors, the Grizzlies, all them. I did say best case. I did say best case scenario. Yeah, Sacramento. Okay. Forty I games of PG and Kawhi, the Lakers. And I'm higher on OKC than most people are this year. I think they finished top six, no problem. I think oh. they're behind all of those players, all those teams, personally. I, I okay. yeah. Hmm. You know how MVP season? I, yeah, pretty much. He or Shea, you know. Um, but just, you know how we've always heard so much smack about LeBron the GM? Dame the GM just put him to shame with this one comment. Oh, man. Dream bigger yeah. is, is like that's yeah that team would not scare anybody and they would still have the biggest problem they've had for years which I guess they would have better defense with Draymond but then there would be no plus defenders on the team other than Draymond and maybe Shaden Sharp the team wouldn't be able to stop anybody so yeah eight to twelve for me I <laughs> Jay where where are you I'll, on this list I'll dude? try where to provide you? balance even though I really agree with the fellas here. 2019 the Blazers did go to the conference finals and I feel that this roster with Draymond and uh, Grant is slightly better just because they have more defense but and there's a huge but let's be real we judge these teams off their big three or the top heavy talent for the most part are they better than Booker, Durant, and Beal. Beal. No. No. I'm not gonna put them over Clay, Curry, and, and whoever. Chris Paul, team. baby. Big Chris three. Paul. Chris yeah. Paul. <laughs> Wiggins. Right. Wiggins. And Wiggins. There are. Are they better than Marcus Smart, Triple J, and Morant? No. Mm. So I'll give them their respect. I'll say seven or eight yeah i'm w i'm with jj here probably probably that play in that's that's exactly where they'll be but that's actually all we have time for today guys i want to thank you three for being on jj thanks for being on man thanks everybody get ready for free agency free agency is around the corner john thanks for being on man paul george is my goat have a great night, everyone. I'm Detective John. <laughs> and Sammy, thanks for being on. John is my goat. Everyone have a great Sammy night. <laughs> and shout out to our video producer, RJ. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Clinic All NBA. I'm Rosa Panta. This is The Clinic All NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts. Chill out. What? <laughs>